0: On behalf of Imperva and Carasoft, we would like to welcome you to today's podcast, focused around reducing the cost and complexity of your current data security program while expanding coverage and visibility, where Terry Ray, SVP of Strategy for Financial Services and Federal at Imperva, will discuss how to more easily secure data without replacing the solution you already possess. We're going to be talking about making things easier around data security, making things a little bit less expensive uh, around data security, and of course, expanding what you can see, have visibility for, report on, and secure around data security. So let's go ahead and jump into it. We recognize that most organizations today have a mix of old environments and new environments legacy environments were easier, right? You had a web application, you had a database in the back end, and that was about it, maybe a little middleware inside there. So it was a lot easier 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and more ago to be able to try and secure and have visibility to that. The reality is that today, whether it's cloud, whether it's just modern applications and databases, wherever you tend to put them doesn't make that big a difference. But the point is, is that the complexity of modern environments have grown beyond the monolithic structure of an application, a simple application, and a database. Instead today we've got our applications that are broken up into APIs, microservices, in the cloud, serverless functions, and others. And whether it's in the cloud or not, you're looking at modern databases, whether they're your traditional relational databases, even old databases like your mainframes, AS400s, DB1s, and others, and of course modern databases in your data lakes your niche databases, your data warehouses, and others. The point is, is the entire landscape of data security has grown from a world where, honestly, 15, 20 years ago, most organizations, departments, agencies, et cetera, didn't do that good of a job to really be able to answer simple questions like, who accessed my data? When did they access it? What did they access? How much did they access? That was hard even then. And that was in the simple world. Today with the more advanced world, when we look at our our landscape and the threat landscape and the risk landscape of how this has changed, that's compounded the complexity of the environment to a degree that really it's put a lot of pressure, if you will, on vendors like ourselves to be able to say, how do we simplify what was already complex and has become more complex? How do we make it easier? That's what we're gonna talk about today. Now, as I said, the volume and diversity of the data that you see here has grown. So as you, most of you likely have some form of uh, database vendor of an Oracle or an MS SQL, a Sybase, a DB2, what have you. You have file stores, shares, wherever they happen to be. You have all the legacy platforms that we talked about. The challenge here is that there's a new platform all the time. You acquire a new application, it's back ended by a a data store of some type that you need to modify or you need to uh, to monitor. Or you decide to deploy some kind of a data lake and you dump everything into that data lake to do wonderful uh, intelligence on that information, to do analytics on that data, but now you've got everything in there and now you've expanded the overall scope of what you need to look at. Again, the challenge still exists and the challenge has grown. For those of you who don't know, and I think Most of the people on this webinar are likely people who are familiar or organizations that are familiar with Imperva or already have a technology in place. And that's okay. This isn't just for them, but that's just a lot of what will be on this presentation. I wanted to give one slide as an overview of just what Imperva has brought to bear to try and solve these problems. Over the last 20 years, you will either have known Imperva as the data security vendor, which is what we're gonna talk about today. Or you will have known us as the leader in all the magic quadrants or all the uh, uh, analyst ratings for application security. And that space we're looking at the front end. I'm not really gonna talk about that yet today. If you have questions about it, I can certainly ask them, answer them at the end, but that's the other side of our business. And what you'll recognize from Impervet is while I'm gonna talk about data security today, the reality is our mission is really to protect all data and more more importantly, all paths to that data. So today, when I'm talking about protecting data, in the back of your mind, remember that I'm not just talking about DBAs or direct connections to your databases. Those are certainly important connections to monitor, but the more important connections to monitor are the other 95 to 98% of the traffic to your data, which actually is traffic that comes through your applications. Yes, you need to have application security to protect the application, but your data security solution needs to have visibility and scale to be able to monitor all of your APIs and what they do in your data, to monitor all of your applications and what they do in your data. You get the idea. So Imperba protects applications and data from advanced attacks. What we're going to spend a bit of time today talking about is not traditional data security. If you're familiar with Imperva in the past or even our competitors, IBM and others, you're familiar with DAM, database activity monitoring. That's the blue line over on the right over there. And you can see see the green and the purple that I've already talked about. But what we're gonna spend more time talking about today is we're gonna talk about the platform that sits atop this. Because this platform is really what gets us to the title of this presentation, right? Reducing your overall costs, increasing scale, capacity, And ultimately, the overall value of what you would get or expect to get from DAM, the Sonar platform really uplevels all of this. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is how you can go from a a non-existent data security program, or at least non-existent data security product, if you will, or go from an existing data security product, us or any of our competitors, and go to a place where now you have full visibility and full capability that you always expected from the technologies or the projects that you had before, but never really got, now you can get it. And that's where we're gonna go. The first part about that is about coverage. Traditionally in data security, you always had to ask the question, well, vendor, do you support my database? Do you support this database? I have this crazy database that we created. I talked to a three-letter agency once and and they said, look, do you support this? How could we support that? You literally wrote that yourself. So no, we didn't at the time. What I will tell you now is because of Sonar, Sonar is an agnostic platform that allows us to ingest anything we want to put in that system. You want us to support a a data store that you wrote yourself? That's okay, send us the logs, we will map the logs, and in about two weeks, we will have support for it. So we can support any data store you want us to support, and that gives us a range of coverage for organizations that allows them to not worry about going to a new application, or not worry about modernizing a a, a system to a, a data store that they're afraid might not be, or might be out of scope for security. Nothing is out of scope for data security for us at this level, because we can have that level of coverage. Cloud on-prem legacy doesn't make a difference. You have that complete visibility. And so it looks a little bit like this. And I put the red squares on here that aren't normally here to highlight that we're talking about the data portion today. And while two of those squares are in the cloud, doesn't have to be, if you have a modern data store that's not in the cloud, that's okay too. The point here is Imperva, Imperva's mission is to recognize that there are components associated with access to data. Those components are applications and every single part of an application, including the supply chain into that application and Perba has built visibility and security controls. From the beginning of the application at the edge, all the way through to your third party components that are part of that application and what we're going to talk about today into the database itself and the data store itself. And as we move forward, you'll see us move from structured data and semi-structured data, which are databases and data warehouses and data lakes to even unstructured data that'll be coming very, very soon to give you that complete visibility in a single solution. So the Sonar platform is an acquisition that we actually made last year, but we had been partnering with this organization for years. So they were already completely integrated with our ecosystem and by, by not by definition, but by structure, they were built to really integrate and work with any ecosystem anyway, so it would have been easy to integrate them uh, regardless. However, with this platform, what it means is if you already have a program in place, I know there are only two of you responded to the, to the, uh, the poll there, one of you has Imperva, that's great. So consider your Imperva deployment. In your Imperva deployment, it may be that you want to cover more than what you're covering today. But you don't want to install agents everywhere. Instead, you might be able to turn on logging on those databases that you're not monitoring today. That's okay. This Sonar platform can take exactly what you're doing right now from your agents on Imperva, put them into the Sonar platform, and then turn on the logs to the systems where you don't want to put an agent and put those logs into Sonar as well. It'll bring them all together so, a, so you have a single pane of glass to really be able to see what's going on across that landscape. I'll give you an example. I've got one customer that has 45,000 databases. There aren't a lot of customers that have made that many databases, but this one has 45,000 databases. With Imperva, we're monitoring about 6,000 of those databases. Once we introduce Sonar, that now gives them the ability and the comfort to say, I don't want to install another what is it, uh, 39,000 uh, 30, 39, agents across my infrastructure, but I can turn on logging to a lot of those and send those logs over and really get that est- extended coverage in a much easier way. At the same time, the other person on there said that they're not, using a, they're not using DAM, but they are doing something else with logs or have another solution. In that case, you may be taking logs from a database or a data store, and instead of just putting them into a, a storage facility, you may be putting into something like a Splunk or a SIM of some sort, which can be costly. You can take those logs, put them straight into Sonar, which costs almost nothing, and then Splunk can directly access Sonar. So we're gonna talk a little bit about this. The point here is that Sonar has the ability to ingest data from any source, any type of data store that you have, make sense of that information so that you can use it for incident response, security, if you have compliance, compliance, the ability to do just simple best practice and answer the questions when they come out and be able to store that data not just for a year, but up to seven years of storage data. And when you want a SIM to look at it, we'll send it over to the SIM. So let's take a look at this. So we, I've got three different scenarios here. One scenario is the, one of the examples of uh, one of the folks there on the chat or someone of the folks there on the poll uh, that had mentioned that they don't have DAM, but they are doing something. This would be, you're not doing, you may not be doing a lot or maybe doing, you may, may be collecting a lot, but what are you really getting from it? The current state in some of these cases, not everybody's, No advanced awareness of sensitive data, the classification, do I have sensitive data? And I want to touch on this one for a second. When I ask an organization, do you know where your sensitive data is? Almost 100% of the time I get a unequivocal yes, I know where my sensitive data is. But when I ask my second question, which is, could your sensitive data be anywhere else other than where you think it is? I also almost 100% of the time get a Absolutely, yeah, probably so, but I know it's definitely here, but it might have gone other places. And it's kind of like me when I, I know I'm supposed to leave my keys in one particular location, and uh, oftentimes they're not there. And I don't know why they're not there, but they're not there. So the point is that really understanding where that data is is critical in the organization. The visibility, do I have complete visibility, or do I turn on the logs? to the, the highest degree I can, which may only be a little bit, and I just look at specific users or specific tables, or versus looking at everything. The increased risk and complexity, and the, it's a manual process, right? It can be very slow. Incident response is slow to go back and gather the data. With Imperva in an organization that has no DAM today, there's a massive value in terms of what you're going to see and the ease of what you do when it comes to data. And I'm gonna ask a question in a little while about the priority of data, which will come up in a minute, but I'm gonna work until then with the assumption that data security is important to you or you wouldn't be here. So in that case the outcomes with Imperva is continuous data discovery and management. We're always looking at your data either on the fly or scanning your systems and looking for where people are putting your sensitive data from the definitions that you've set for what is sensitive data for you. We look at the high definition visibility and complete control. We don't wanna look at just a small amount of data. We don't wanna look at just your sensitive data. I can't build quality analytics if all I'm looking at is credit cards. I need to understand, I'm picking on credit cards here and I realize that's not a federal piece, but that's okay. This type of sensitive data, the fact that I have users doing a thousand other things in my data store, my analytics needs variety. It needs volume of data. It needs veracity of data. It needs a number of things in there so that when I want to look at is somebody accessing credit cards correctly, I need to compare them to how they use other things and how other people use other things. That's critical for me to be able to see that. And the reality is, is if you do have a breach, the odds of that breach directly pinpointing just your sensitive data on the very first shot are actually very low. More likely, a a, a penetration or a breach is going to hit a less secure, less monitored environment first, or assumed less monitored environment first, and work their way to something more sensitive. Our mission is we should be looking at all of that so we can see it from the begin, beginning and stop it before it ever gets to the sensitive data. So when we, let's take the next scenario. In the next scenario, we're talking about you have Imperva. That was one of the examples there on the poll. You have Imperva. So even with Imperva, it may take you a few days, or it should say you may have a few days a few weeks or even a few months of retaining data until you have to archive that off and put it into a emc or some kind of large still storage uh, storage facility that can be a problem if you want to do reporting whenever you want database coverage traditional dam even a purpose traditional dam can't support a new database rapidly it takes time so usually we lag the database vendor so you've upgraded and we may not have full support for that and then unable to report in a timely fashion because you've archived your data off, if you want to find something six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, you've got to bring those archives back in. It takes time. And to churn through a large volume of data in those systems is difficult because they weren't built for it. Sonar was built to sit on top of them, not replace them. I want to be clear. Sonar does not have to replace your DAM environment. If you're already deployed, don't worry about it. Leave it there. Just put the data that you've collected into Sonar. And anything else you want to connect to Sonar, put it in there, because now you get years of unlimited low cost retention, we can store that data, we do a number of things to keep that data in the system, this is a true data warehouse that allows us to be able to store this data broadly, 100% of coverage for every single database, as soon as as soon as you're using it, we're using it, and we have support for it, likely before, because we probably have other customers there already, and of course, large scale unified reporting, I can do reporting across a seven year period, in, 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 a, in a matter of minutes, minute. So it gives us that ability to slice and dice data in ways you've just never really even thought of. But again, not requiring you to uninstall or change anything that you've already done. Now, the next case, not imperva You're not an Imperva customer, but you're, you're a competitor. Our, our primary competitor is IBM Guardian. So I specifically put this one on here. I put this one on here for a few, for, for a few reasons. The The folks that developed Sonar that we acquired are the same people who developed IBM Guardian. They were the same people. So if you're using IBM Guardium, number one, know that you don't have to uninstall it. Sonar was built to work with Guardium and it was built to work with Imperva. So your infrastructure, the years that you've spent doing all this deployment, you don't have to worry about it, leave it there. You don't need to change it. Later on, if you want to, fine, that's okay. But if you don't want to leave it, just again, just like the Imperva play piece, bring that data into Sonar so that you can get the value that you always expected from your DAM deployment you can really get that value out of the technology. You really get the information that you've always wanted and extend and expand the overall scope. By before adding Sonar and IBM, you likely didn't have a lot of cloud coverage, not not effective one. And then you had some of the similar features or or call it uh, challenges that you might've had even with with Dam, weeks to months of data retention. And the manual, the reporting could be a little manual in that you had to go down to individual boxes. And of course, you had a lot of boxes. I'm gonna give you a picture in a second. I'm not picking on IBM, it's just the experience. Um, a heavy footprint, you've got a lot of equipment. How can I reduce that? After sonar, again, 100% data coverage, large-scale reporting, reduce your aggregator footprint. You'll know what an aggregator is. If you're not an IBM customer, don't worry about it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here. Just know that that's, that's a reduction. And of course, increased usability of data. I'm going to give you a picture. It's the only other slide we have on that particular one. But when we consider without Imperva and a Guardian deployment, you've still got a lot of boxes. There's a lot of agents. Those are the red dots. You've got a lot of collectors. Those are the white things but look at this section on the right, which is with Sonar. In Sonar, you wipe out the entire aggregator level. You don't need aggregators anymore. You can get rid of them. Everything goes up to Sonar because that's where you're gonna do your reporting. That's where you're gonna do your analytics. We don't need something to do all that for us. And we can handle roughly 200 to 400, depending on the size of overall databases and about 200 collectors that would go in there. So your entire infrastructure can likely go directly into one Sonar platform or two, you're not talking about a large footprint. And that's the reduction here that we're talking about is really helping people save on infrastructure, save on cost, save on time, save on upgrades, all of this because it becomes tedious. And DAM has always been really just this thing that was designed to do all of this maturity that we see here. When you ultimately went toward a data security platform or a data security program, you said to yourself, well, I need to collect data, that's data management. I need to store it and keep it somewhere. I need to be able to use that data somehow, get to it somehow and really have a single view. I need to be able to interpret that data, look at it and identify bad behavior and complex correlations. And ultimately, I want to be able to integrate that data into other systems, whether it's Tableau or my SOAR, uh, a a GRC or regulatory compliance piece somehow. The reality is most organizations that deployed DAM, and I'm not going to say all because some of them got a little bit past it, but most organizations that deployed DAM never got past the red line over here. Most of those organizations deployed the agents or collecting logs. They're taking that data in, they're storing that data, and they're generating alerts, but oftentimes they have just a few handful of alerts that are important to them and they're generating the reports that they need, but they never really got to the really extensible use cases of things like really being able to see my whole picture my entire enterprise or my entire agency. I want to know across the agency, Terry accessed, what? What did Terry access? I don't want to know about this silo or this Enclave or this data center. I want to know across my entire agency, what did Terry access? What did he touch? One picture, one view, one report. That's what I want. That, that capacity to be able to build that kind of report requires this up level of storage and visibility. And of course, being able to enrich it with other things, right? If you I know privacy may not be that big of a deal, privacy regulations may not be that big of a deal yet in the federal space, but having having organiz- a, a, someone come in and say, look, I need to know what information we have about Terry. It might be Terry that asks you that, or it might be an HR department, or it might be somebody else. I need to know what Terry has touched through his entire tenure here, and I need to know what Terry had the right to touch. Even if we weren't watching it, I need to know what his rights are. All of that's contextual stuff that I can bring into it. I'm not going to read all of these here to you, but the point here is Sonar was built to move that red line all the way to the right so that an organization can continue to collect or begin collecting the data within the data management, but start to really use that data in a number of different ways so that you have the visibility that you've always looked for, but honestly probably lacked in a lot of other cases. So let's look at how we simplify the process from a attack analysis perspective. For, for those of you who've been using database activity monitoring or DAM in the past, or for those of you who use a different solution that probably also requires you to build some kind of static policy. Maybe you take logs and put them into a SIM. Whatever it happens to be, one of the challenges with data security, unlike network security and application security and, and endpoint security and others, a lot of times the other security pillars, if you will, are such that the the bad behavior is pretty well defined. There's new stuff happening every day, but The known bad behavior is pretty well defined. That's not the case in data security. In data security, while I can tell you, I know what a breach or I know what a exploitation of a vulnerability in Oracle looks like because they they published it and it's been published, I can block all those all day long. But the real thing that we're looking for when we look for bad behavior in the data stores is we're looking for people or applications doing something they're not supposed to. It's not going to be a, it's not usually going to be a, a string of random characters. It's going to be a, a query into a database. And usually it's going to exploit escalated privileges or uh, risky privileges that a user has. It might be a compromised, negligent, or malicious user, what have you, but they are legitimately logging into the database as an authorized user. They were using the rights that that user is authorized to use, even though it may or may not be that user or application. And then they're exploiting the capabilities of that, of that person. That's not the same thing as looking for a regular expression or a signature from somebody. And so it's been very difficult in data security and very manual in data security for you to build the policies and the rules necessary to really secure an environment. So I would say since since we began this, this business back in 2000 and back in 2002, all the way to about three or four years ago when we've created the machine learning and analytics, which you hear I, I'm sure from every vendor, but the analytics that works extremely and exceeding, exceedingly well in a structured query language environment. In this environment, there's so much volume and there's so much specific uh, language syntax, if you will, uh, that machine learning can read through that the hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions of queries you're getting every single day, attach that to every user and build an effective model of every user, of every table, of every column that they use. Whether that user is human, non-human, application, API, whoever that user is, we build that model. And that's what actionable insights are. It's a a function of the technology that we have that takes you away from the requirement. You can still do it, but takes you away from the requirement To create manual policies and to have to predict what bad behavior looks like. Terry shouldn't touch that table, but he should touch that table and he should access that one, but only in these ways and not that one, but only in that way. You're never going to get there. It's just too big and you'll never have a policy for it. This says you don't need to do that anymore. We're going to tell you who is accessing that data. We'll understand who is accessing it because we've modeled them over time. We'll understand what they're accessing, where they're accessing it from, and whether or not they should have accessed it in the first place based on the information we're going to show you in the, minute. What, in, in the middle. What influenced the severity of that incident? It's not a signature. It's not a regular expression. It's how they logged in. It's what we've learned about that data, it's sensitive data. It's whether or not they've done it before or their peers have done it before, or maybe only an application normally accesses this data. In fact, I know it's small small letters, but I can read it here, it says, an interactive non-application user, Nate, that's non-application, you're human, directly accessed application, that's application table data. That's the table data that belongs to the application on this server, and why was it important? It's because he, he accessed a, an excessive number of records he used a service account to do it, and it was sensitive data. Adding these together increases that risk threshold to where this becomes an event. And so the point here is, is you go from a world of having to predict bad behavior and not really ever getting there to a world where you don't have to predict anything. Let us do it. Let us identify that bad behavior for you. If you want to prevent Nate from doing this in the future, we can we can prevent him now. That's okay. But you want to prevent him in the future, then you can go and create that policy, and we can push that policy straight over so that's already created for you. So we think about those advanced detection capabilities. It gets into the details, right? Really being able to show you and convert what normally would be a select star from whatever table where that table is something and the user is something else. The structured query language that I don't know. And I don't know, you know, who all's on the call, but most security organizations don't have a large, deep experience in database administration or SQL language. And my proof point there is go to LinkedIn, put in quotes, database security, and you're going to find about 36,000 people that even claim to know database security. You do network security, you're going to find a million and a half people that say they know network security. The the difference is massive in terms of the expertise, and of course, most security departments are simply not equipped when it comes to data security. So when we think about data security, we do what we can to work with our partners, but also to work with our, our customers and say, how do we simplify this? So one of the things we do here is we convert the SQL select star from this here, whatever, all the way through, and just plain English. You have excessive multiple database logins from the user. We've already said this is a non-interactive user, John, attempting to access an abnormally high number of different databases over a short period of time. Now, I could have just shown you a whole bunch of logins from John trying to log in and let you start to interpret what that all means. We didn't want to do that, and we really don't care to show you the queries. You can see them in the bottom. We're not showing them here on the screen. You can see the 29 down at the bottom, and I could open that arrow, and I could show you the exact queries, but you don't need to see that. The incident is in a form that your SOC can understand. It's in a form that your SIM can understand. It's in a form that anybody in security can understand and decide to take action on if they want to. The goal here with this technology is to overall simplify and reduce the overall number of alerts that you need to get. Your SIM is certainly designed to reduce alerts. And we would send these to the SIM, but we treat this as a pre-processor. Yes, there in that particular case, there were 29 incidents alerts that really John created, but we combine them all together to say this is really what John was trying to do. Let's send that to the SIM so you really have something that's actionable. And most of our, most of our customers wind up with about 10 to 12 of those kinds of events in their organization every single day, rather than 100 to 200 to 1,000 or more that you would have without that. So we think about moving forward to hybrid environments. Now, I know some of you will be in the cloud and secure cloud and in, in gov cloud and others. Others are strictly on-prem. Wherever you happen to be doesn't really make a huge difference from, from an imperva perspective. If, you, if we're focused here on just protecting the environment, look at the right side, the, uh, the on-prem environment. Look at the right side and here, we have the Sonar platform and we have gateways. The gateways will take all of the logs if you already have DAM, take those logs and put it into Sonar, the warehouse. If you don't have DAM or you have DAM and other databases, we'll take that data from the other databases as well and put it into the platform for complete visibility. If you have gone to the cloud for whatever reason and to whatever reason you have doesn't make a difference, then we have a, now, a cloud native forwarder. So all it does is it simply forwards whatever you're doing in the cloud encrypts and compresses and sends that data down to our system. It sits right within the enclave that you already have there and just simply forwards the data along. To go with that, as it goes into the Sonar platform, it provides you everything you would have normally expected from data security. Usually when I talk to people, I say, what, do you, what, do you, what, what is your definition of data security? And usually it's some element of the words that you see here. I need to reduce risk. I want to prevent insider threat. I want to be able to identify anomalies but not block anything. I do want to identify anomalies and I do want to mitigate. I do want to prevent. I want to re- reduce fraud. That's more on the, on the finance side. I want to be able to find my, my sensitive data. I want to discover it. I want to know what vulnerabilities I have in my databases based on my current configuration. This is STIG, CIS, whatever, whatever floats your boat. I want to understand the user rights. I want to understand not just what Terry is doing in my database, in my data source, but I want to know what rights Terry actually has in that database, and I want to know which ones he doesn't use. Because if he doesn't use those rights, the NIST strategy would be then remove them. Let's reduce risk. Let's remove excessive privileges. The only way to know whether Terry has or has not used a right is to monitor that through an imperative environment so we can tell you Terry has or has not done it. And that's a mechanism that we have. To do that otherwise would take you months with a consulting agency. I'm not going to read all of these. I think probably all of you have had an opportunity to read it by this point. The point is is data in, data out. And that data out can be done in any way you want it to be done. If you've already got tools, ServiceNow, Exchange, Slack, what have you, other systems you want to go out to or integrate with, we have over 2,000 integrations that allow this data to be ingested in, in whatever form you want. You want to use our interface? Great. You want to use an API to connect to somebody else? also great that's really what this is about is that enterprise usability and i kind of kind of already spoke about this but the point here is is the data is always live because this is a massive data lake because it is used by lots of different people i'm sorry because it is actually uh, able to store the data for long periods of time it means we don't have to archive anything you can get up on a saturday morning and do a query for something happened two years ago Generate your report, you've got the answer, it's done. It doesn't mean that just because somebody asked you a question, you have to go back and do a week's worth of work to be able to find the answer to that question and find that you only have a partial answer because you weren't logging the other part of it. In our model, you should be logging everything, either through our agent, if you already have it, or if you don't, that's fine, it'll be provided. If you don't have an agent, then have those logs turned on, put them in. And then, of course, being able to integrate with any tool of it, as I've already uh, told about. I will say this, I didn't mention it, When we think about Splunk, because I know a lot of you do use Splunk. We use Splunk, by the way. So I think when we think about Splunk, one of the great things that Splunk has is they have really built an extensible environment where they integrate with many, many different systems. Well, they integrate directly with this platform to a degree that if you don't want to send our data, the data that has been collected from your environment and stored in the Sonar platform, if you don't want to send it to Splunk, you don't have to. Splunk will treat... Our data is a fully searchable data set that Splunk can use as if it were its own searchable data set, which means that if you need, if we're collecting, I've got one customer that collects, and this is a high volume, but they collect 50 terabytes of data logs every single day. 50 terabytes is a lot, and cost may be important to you or not, but if cost is important to you, 50 terabytes per day to be put into Splunk, it's quite a lot of data. We would never recommend that you do that. And you don't have to. If you're putting this into Sonar, it stays in Sonar, it's just directly searchable for by Splunk and you don't have to put the data there. If you wanna put the incidents there, that's fine, up to you. Of course, as I said, we can, we can do this not just with Splunk with a number of different technologies. We have about 2000 different integrations, but more importantly, how do we get the data there? Pretty much however you want to. It's email, SMS text, CEF, whatever format you want, Syslog and others. We can do all kinds of things like followed actions, meaning if I see this, then I want this to happen, then I want this to happen, and you'll see this workflow in a minute. We can integrate with things like ServiceNow and, and uh, 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 Remedy and others that allow you to do change ticket reconciliation. You want to let somebody do something, but you want to make sure they're approved to do it first in a database. Great, we can integrate with all of that. All of these things are what you're talking about above on the right side of that red line I talked about. Not just collecting data, but getting to really use the infrastructure the way you always wanted to, which is have an actual data security program, not a data security product. And the workflow here, is an important one right so how do we do it the workflow is something we've always wanted but never had that the that the platform really provided us the platform gave us that ability to have a a, an advanced workflow mechanism that allows us to go through a chain based on your business processes so if you have a normal process when I see bad behavior in a, in a database, then I need to contact this person. This person needs to validate and do something. Then it goes to this person or this process and they validate and do something, and then it's rectified. Typically, that's a manual process that has to go through. This workflow process allows us to automate that entire chain all the way through. If I see this, then here's the path I want to have happen. Here are the tick boxes that happen as it goes through. And once it's triaged, it's off, it's done, and it's in a report. And the report sent to you whenever you're ready for it so the idea here is to reduce the overall manual workload necessary for managing dam that's always been out there or managing a data security program and eliminate all of that and even though privacy may not be a huge thing in a lot of a lot of federal organizations it is becoming a bigger bigger thing in in state by state as, as they continue to grow and i want to talk about privacy just for one second because privacy is a workflow as well in privacy you have somebody whether it's a government entity or a particular user, maybe it's just HR, I need to know what these people did. There's a workflow, you figure that out. In privacy, there's a workflow. I wanna know what data you have on me. So then I need to go and say, where do I have Terry's data? How do I combine the toxic combinations of data that create a piece of data that's not identifiable to a piece of data that is highly identifiable. And this happens, this particular thing does happen a lot in my experience in federal, where you may have a name in one system, you may have a phone number in another and you may have an address in another, or you may be more critical data that by themselves aren't important. But when you patch these pieces together, you start to get get the appropriate pieces of the puzzle to really tell what's going on. When there's a breach in some cases, you may see a breach in one location in your enclave, another enclave and another enclave. What data exists across these enclaves, and is it a toxic combination that comes together to say, look, individually, these weren't a problem, but now I see a big issue. Somebody's figured it out. They've gone from A, they've gone from 1 plus 1 plus 1, and they've now got 3, and that's a problem for me. The workflow process helps us put these pieces together to really identify that taxonomy. When we look at the automated response, who do you want us to share it with? This is where i talked about the over 2,000 SOAR integrations that we have. If you're using a technology today, most likely we support either them in, inserting data into our system so we're smarter, or us giving them data so that you or that technology is smarter. And this leads us down the road to some of the things we're gonna, you're going to see us doing in the future around identity and some other things to be able to really help understand the true user and true path of people. So the point here is that the integrations are here. If there was something you needed us to integrate with, even in the past or even today, Give us a chat. I'm sure we can. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information on how Kerasoft or Imperva can help simplify your data security process, please visit www.caresoft.com or email us at imperva at Thanks again for listening and have a great day.